Hey y'all, before we jump into today's episode, we would like to invite you to a special event we're hosting on May 30th called Women in Whiskey. Join us for an adult field trip filled with Southern fun at the Jack Daniels Distillery right here in our home state of Tennessee. Get ready to learn while sipping. We will be taking a private tour of the distillery, enjoy a barbecue lunch on the beautiful hillside, and partake in early happy hour with cocktails provided by Jack Daniels as we listen in on a conversation with women who work in the industry. The conversation will be led by yours truly, your hosts of the Steel Magnolias podcast. Learn more about the event at steelmagnoliaspodcast.com. You can grab your tickets there and we cannot wait to see you on May 30th. And now on with the show. Well, my toes are still tapping from that wonderful picket music. So good. So fun. Yeah, that was my friend Rob Ikes. You can check him out on robikes.com. It's I-C-K-E-S on that last name, yeah, robikes.com. Uh, he'll, if you're in the Galveston, Texas area or Baton Rouge, Louisiana, he's going to be coming your way in December. And then for the Nashville, Tennessee listeners, Rob's going to be with uh, January the 10th, he'll be at the Station Inn, so mark your calendars for that. Okay, I think we should go. I've never been to the Station Inn. What? I feel weird even saying that, but it's true. We so. gotta break you in. I know where it is. Yeah. Staple location here, but um, yeah. yeah, maybe we should go. Maybe we can I think get we some need people to, do to go. It. That would be so fun. It's the 10th. January 10th. Now, one thing I need to say, uh, 9 p.m. is showtime. Oh, Very gosh. normal in the music world, I know. We're Okay, well that's going that hurts for someone that's got a 1-year-old at home, but I might be able to I don't know what day of the week it is. I'll have to look it up. I think it's see. a Thursday, but we need to make it happen. Okay. Well, Get a nap in in the afternoon so we can stay up and Good shows do tend to start late. That's right. That's that's worth it, though. Station Inn is a very special place, and the gulch has gone up around it, yeah. but it has been there. It's the staple place that's been there. How many people would you say Station Inn seats? Oh, like, what's its compar- what is it comparable to? Is it like a um, small venue? I mean, Rob actually sold it out just a couple okay. weekends ago. Okay. So, so it's a get there early, or do you... Wonder if to buy you tickets. have to buy tickets. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, if you want to join us January 10th, I'm going to... Make some plans to stay out late <laughs> night for that one. That's right. Well, speaking of good picking, we actually had a major loss last week with the mm. death of Roy Clark. Oh. And I just had to mention that. That's so true. If you don't know the name Roy Clark, um, maybe you know the name Hee Haw. Yeah. And if you don't know the name Hee Haw, you need to go Google some episodes on YouTube. I'm sure there's something online you could watch. Of course, it's off the air now and has been for several years but um it's fun it's, it's a, a yeah cute corny show but yes very corny what's it in like? fact like, cornfield county was the name that's of right the yes there was rural yes. uh location with a, with where a it was K, supposed I think. to be so yeah. but roy was a legend i mean in country music but certainly as the host of that show for almost 25 years so 
That show aired from 1969, I think it was. Dang, that's, yeah. Before my time. I was to say that's old. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was a variety show, kind of like if you think like Laugh-In, but it was like the country music version of that. And yeah, there's not really variety shows on no. anymore. We've got late night talk shows, yeah, but there's but not, not. Yeah, you're so right. You, I mean, you were familiar with it because, like, you went to a taping, right? So, even, as, like, as a kid, um, sometimes if a grandmother was visiting in town from East Tennessee or something, we would go. It was free wow. to go watch the musical performances be taped. So, wow. WLAC was the uh, location down in Nashville, and we would go down there, and, um, yeah, you could get really close. Like, could you meet the people? You could meet the people. It oh was gosh, very cool. special. So we have, I have some sweet memories of getting autographs and mm-hmm. just seeing, in, you know, interacting with these many Pearl, Minnie probably Pearl. If people don't know Roy Clark. They may know Minnie Pearl's name with her famous hat with the price tag. That's still right. On it. Grandpa Jones. Yep. Buck Owens was the other, he was the, the co-host. Yeah. yeah. So really, really sweet. And, um, Roy Clark, I just think of how approachable he was, very mm. kind. He was so kind to my grandmother, who I could tell was, you know, just so excited to meet him. Oh, that's and, so sweet. Yeah, very sweet memories yeah. of that. So that would have been Daisy that you're talking about. No, or Memo Bobby. Really? Memo Bobby. Memo yeah. Bobby met him. Aww. So, yeah, very sweet, sweet memories of that. And I do have all their little autographs in a little book in the attic. So That's awesome. <laughs> yes. Well, he, he was a big deal. He was inducted into the Grand Ole Opry. And yeah. uh, on a future episode, I'd like to spend some time talking Talk. about the Grand Ole Opry. Yeah. Another show I've actually never Wait, gone to see. So that I'm I'm starting to really unveil <laughs> um, how much tourism I still need to do in my own city of Nashville. Um, but yeah, that's going to require. Yeah, and Roy Clark its own show. actually was uh, really important in establishing Branson, Missouri, as an entertainment oh spot gosh. as well. Okay, so, well, never been to Br- pioneer. I haven't been to Branson, but I have been to Pigeon Forge. Yes, yeah, Sevierville. Yeah. Yeah. So what I've heard is. If you've been to one, you you can Got understand taste the, the other. other. <laughs> yes, yeah. So, um, so Roy, we you will be missed. Yes, missed greatly. So, speaking of being in mourning, if you're a Tennessee fan like myself oh, and gosh. like us, you're in mourning today this week because we got whooped by yeah. Missouri yesterday, and of course, by the time this podcast airs, it won't be yesterday anymore. We will have had some time to grieve, but you know. I graduated from the University of Tennessee. Mm. I I bleed orange. Rocky our family top through and through. Our family is um, tried and true a Tennessee fan, and I just it just stinks. Our quarterback got hurt early on in the game. It's hard when you're used to being one of the powerhouses. Yeah. To, Having to, you know, have several years. We've got a new coach, and we, you know, still trying to hope for the best. The the laughing statement is that we're still rebuilding our program. Um, That's what we said for several years under our last coach, but it's hard. And, you know, I just think as Tennessee fans see the season go further and further, uh, we've already taken our flag down. Like outside, I know it's hard. And the SEC is such a great conference that makes it even harder. I know Uh, the SEC has been one of the best, if not the best, conference for so long. It's true. And in fact, I was looking at that twenty-five top twenty-five of the uh, college football playoff list, and six SEC teams are in that. 
Top wow. 20, so more than 25% of the top 25 is SEC. All right, that's good. In fact, I was even looking. We got number one, Alabama. I know, that's shocking. It's been that for so long. Uh, number five, Georgia. Number seven, LSU. So we've actually got 33% of the top 10. Wow. Just from the SEC. So. Yeah, I'm sure all the Alabama and Auburn and Georgia fans are laughing at my statements thinking, when was Tennessee a powerhouse? But we were. We, yes. Especially we, if you look over history. Yeah, we were. And we can be again. But That's yeah, right. the SEC is powerful. Now, I think um, we've said a few times um, since recording these that we want to be a tour guide for those that are new to the area and just share the lay of the land. So I think... Even if you don't have an affiliation with a school via your own, you know, it being your school that you graduated from or one that your um, family has always cheered for, you need to pick one. Like (laughs) if you, if you live in the South now, um, that's just part of it. You're, yeah, you're responsible to have some (laughs) sort of uh, team to cheer for in college football and male or female, that's going to carry you in some conversations at people's houses and at cookouts and uh, even church potlucks and it comes up a lot. So it wouldn't hurt to at least know who's doing well in the season and uh, to acknowledge that it is an important part of Southern culture. And with uh, just the weekend after Thanksgiving, it's always interesting how some of the big rivalries play one another because they are in-state games, many in-state games. So one of the biggest games of the SEC has been nicknamed the Iron Bowl. So we'll have Alabama and Auburn playing one another, but many in-state games. Now, um, see, I didn't realize that after Thanksgiving, most teams were playing in-state. So, I'm familiar with Tennessee Vanderbilt. Tennessee Vanderbilt, typically on that weekend. And then we've got Who Auburn, else? Alabama, like I said, South Carolina and Clemson. That'll be a big Ooh, one. Yes, it will. Yes. Mississippi State and Ole Miss will meet. Okay. Florida, Florida State. Yeah. Uh, we got UK and Louisville, Georgia, Georgia Tech. Oh, so, wow. Yeah, lots That's of interesting. rivalries. That they set Close that up that home. way. But it makes sense around Thanksgiving, That's I guess. Right. They think people are going to be going home or in That's state. Right. So, interesting. Well, yeah. um, hope that if you are if you do have a team of choice that they're doing better than the Vols are this year. Um, but season's not over yet. That's right. Still never keep know. singing Rocky Top if, right. you're, if you're like us. Hey, let's chat a little bit about um, just as we're getting to know or our our listeners are getting to know us names, right? Because my name is a double name. So one of the things that I have found is a little challenging is when I introduce myself and I say, hi, I'm Laura Beth. And they say, nice to meet you, Laura. And I say, oh, it's Laura Beth. It's one of those Southern double names, you know, and I kind of turn it into, you know, a little joke to actually point out to them that it is more than just You go by both. I go by both. Yeah. Um, so that's an interesting dynamic as well, because it, it literally happens every single time I meet someone that's not from the South. They okay. shorten it to Laura. Yeah. And that's, I don't know. It, yeah. It's, so your given name is Laura Elizabeth, true. but it was, but I've always, always gone by, gone by, by well, I did go by Laura for a short stint when I was, I guess, denying my Southernness in college, <laughs> <laughs> trying to figure out who trying, you were. Yes, yeah. My rite of passage. I was Laura. And then there's probably even friends that are listening to this that may have met me. Um, and I introduced myself as Laura, but I'm tried and true 
I'm a double name. I never stopped Laura, Laura Beth. Beth. It just doesn't. LB to some. Oh, yeah. But double names are popular. They are popular. You know, and it can be male or female. You know, you could hear, um, of course, Mary Beth would be more popular than Laura Beth, probably. Yeah, that's a big one. Um, but you could hear Sarah Beth, Sarah Elizabeth. Carol um, Ann. Carol Ann, Mary Jane. Mary Grace. Mary Margaret. You Mary know Margaret. Mary Margaret. I do Anna Kate. Oh, that's right. Um, yeah. And then, I, I, yeah, Sarah Claire. I know many. There's, uh, yeah, I know. And the boys, Billy Bob or Billy, Bob. Billy Ray. I know a John Michael. Um, oh, we were talking football. I mean, it touches lots of things. We had, a, Tennessee had a quarterback, Jim Bob Cooter. Oh, my gosh. We had lots of fun cheering for Jim Bob Cooter exiting, for a brief time. Exiting Neyland Stadium <laughs> when Jim Bob Cooter had had a good game. And just those victorious claps so and songs were so fun. I'm not really sure if we were mocking the name or if we were it was so southern though just enjoying very cheering um but what else is fun about southern names because they're you know obviously names are important um well, the, the football influence also shows up in other ways i remember so many people using the name peyton when Peyton Manning was oh my gosh. in knoxville even way after uh i heard that in 2016 uh, so coincidentally, 18 years after 1998, so for those wow. of you listening okay. know what 98 was, um, that they had more incoming freshmen named Peyton than any other year. Hilarious. So 98 was the year Peyton won the national championship. Well, Peyton didn't. Or, well, Tennessee did. Tennessee did. Yeah. And Peyton had just recently been yeah. our quarterback. And so... Um, yeah, there was a lot of births that came yeah. out around that time, and Peyton was obviously super influential in the, and, fresh, yeah. the freshman class in 2016. I know another it. big name in the South is Bo, and of course, true, we know Bo. Yeah, yeah, Bo Jackson was a huge, <laughs> yeah, uh, football star in the South, and I, I still remember watching him with awe. And, you know, there's many other, I don't know if there was lots of kids named Emmett in Florida or <laughs> Herschel in Georgia, but certainly we've had some amazing football players and that influences us on many things in the South. That's true. And we, uh, we're not too shy to nickname, aren't we? Oh my like, goodness. There's many people, especially my mom and dad tell these stories of they don't even know people's given name because they were so known by their <laughs> nickname so we have an aunt boots. boots good old boots yeah when i was first i'm not really sure if it was an invitation it was something formal that i was writing her which of course i would not have addressed her <laughs> as, as boots. boots on the envelope so i actually had to ask like what's boots's real, real name, name. <laughs> yeah the, yeah my mom grew up with neighbor kids she played with sissy and gal they were sisters yep. and i asked her what their names were and she said sissy and gal sissy and gal yeah uh doodle was a good friend yes, of our great aunt great aunt yeah, we've had so many. Bulldog. Is, I remember stories, and it was always Bulldog, and I have no idea what his name is. But anyhow, those are Dad, so popular. Yeah, Dad had several pockets, I think. High pockets. High pockets. That was one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, I mean, can you I imagine? <laughs> that was all people called you. High pockets. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, nicknames. Well, that's probably in every region, but... Maybe, but yeah. Oh, and then Bubba. I mean, Bubba in the South. Well, that could mean... Yeah, that could... 
be a plethora of adjectives that you're just putting into one. He's a Bubba. Well, know? that's true, but there are some. But there are Bubbas that go by Bubba. Yeah. In yeah. fact, we even have some friends who recently moved here from Washington State, and I was so tickled that they have a son that's named Bubba because like that's his given name. That's his name, and so he's going to fit right in in the South. Yeah, I think when I heard them saying that when they moved here, I thought they were kidding because I just didn't believe that someone had done that. But yeah. Welcome, Bubba. Bubba. That's right. We're glad you're here. And then, um, what else are popular? Well, I guess thinking through like new names, like baby names, um, we've, we've seen like a resurgence of like grandma, grandpa names. Yeah. Or in the South, we might say mamma and papa names. Mamma and papa names. (laughs) Yes. Mom and Paul. Yeah. Um, so, you know, Beatrice, Hazel. Uh, I know a Mabel Mabel and Mm -hmm. Eleanor. Yeah. Josephine. Josephine. Yeah. That's popular again. June's popular. Um, I feel like I've heard Myrtle. Okay. And then some Iris, I mean, we're starting to get into flower names, but I've heard lots of flower. Yeah. That could be Crate Myrtle. Rose also. Yeah. (laughs) What else? Daisy Daisy was our grandmother's given name. Magnolia. Oh, that's true. Funny, some of the things you start to see. Lots of places I've noticed. I hear Austin. Oh my gosh, like city and state names. City, Virginia, uh, Caroline, Caroline. I've heard for yeah, Houston. Lots of Georgia, Charlotte. I had written down a few that were places. Alexandria. Yeah, and I've heard. um, Did you say Dallas? No, I didn't. Dallas, Savannah. Um, Today Show even has one of those. Mm-hmm. Um, Guthrie. Yeah. So, so funny. Places. But names are important. So, you know, yeah. any region you live in, you're probably going to hear um, some more popular names than others based on the culture. But um, it is important to call people by name. Yeah. 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 You know, yeah. To, to ask them what they like to go by. Our dad did that. And I watched him do that even just in the grocery store. Oh yeah. And so I do it and it's funny. I was at lunch with a friend the other day at Meredith's and I (laughs) said to the, Oh, thanks so much, Carol or whatever her name was. And my friend said, do you know her? And I said, Oh no, I was just looking at her name tag because I just, it naturally, I naturally do that and I got it from my dad. So that's funny that, but people like hearing their name. Absolutely. It's such a bridge. Absolutely. Like, it probably did look like you knew her just because you were calling her by her name. And it means you you noticed, too. And so that's fun. Also, books and movies have influence probably in every place. But I think about some of the Scarlet and Red that you actually hear people named that from Gone with the Wind. Or Atticus was a big name. I know an an Atticus. Do you know an Atticus? Uh, Like Beloved to Kill a Mockingbird. Yeah. Uh, The author, Harper. I know a Harper. Yeah, I know a Harper. Yeah. So you see Harper, some of that. I guess, I guess, is that always female? Because the Harper we know. And that author was female. Yeah. So okay. I've only seen that female, okay. but Shelby. Oh, yes. Um, from Lead from Steel Magnolias. Yeah. Which, pause if you didn't get to hear our last episode, which was our first episode. Um, and... Apologies if you thought this was a review of Steel Magnolias, the movie. We we shared a little bit on our last episode that... We love the movie. We love the movie. <laughs> Highly recommend it. 
great film, Southern Classic. But the reason we're called Steel Magnolias is based on really the concept or the saying, if you will, of, a, of Steel Magnolias, which is what the movie was based on. But just the balance of um, strength and grace together. Yeah. And those two adjectives just sort of coexisting. And that can be found in any true Southerner. But it's That's just right. one that we want to exemplify Speaking of names, it's one we want to bring back into use. Uh, steel Magnolia is a good thing. Somebody he or she is a Steel Magnolia. Yeah. They've been through some stuff and yes, come, came through with came grace. Came stronger, maybe. Yeah. Came through more, Fortitude. more graceful. Um, but yeah. So anyway, I did, I'm not sure if everybody listens to episode to episode, but I wanted to mention that this is not a, a movie review, but <laughs> instead it's just a, a name that we thought was fitting to our topic. Well, we've had a busy afternoon, that's for sure. We Lainey, have. thank you so much for bringing a snack for us. Well, it was a quick one. We're munching on some popcorn that Lainey popped in a cast iron Dutch oven. I did. It's a easy, fast way to make some good, pretty good popcorn. It's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. It's got a nice crunch to it. I'd probably add a little more seasoning. A little more salt than I did. Yeah. 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 But... Was it easy to make? Absolutely. Just put a little vegetable oil in that cast iron Dutch oven and heat that up. In fact, I like to put just a couple of kernels in there. So when you hear those two pop, then you know, put the rest of your popcorn oh in there. Oh my gosh, and, that's brilliant. So you're then, not wasting them all exactly. wondering, or burning them all. Or, burning them all. So then once those couple ones pop, then throw the rest of your popcorn in there and put the lid on and just let it pop like crazy. And then how do you know it's really done, do you think? Like... Just give it a minute or two? Or? I just kind of, you know, even move it around just a little on the eye so it's moving. And yeah. and once you hear that popping, slowing down. Yeah. You, you know, could season this with anything, too. Absolutely. Like, this, Absolutely. this started off really neutral, so... Um, you're good at cast iron cooking. Let's, let's talk about cast iron skillets, cast iron ware. That's definitely the, a stereotype item in a southern kitchen isn't it you have a, a visual of a cast yeah. iron skillet sitting yeah. on the stove a, and a pregnant uh, woman <laughs> barefooted with her uh, flower Spatula all over her, her hand hair pulled up and her oh, bandana goodness. yeah i bet there's some men that have some of the best cast iron recipes that's out true. there that's true well um yeah you've probably got I, best practices and favorites yeah and, i got a few things i can tell you about cast iron one of the best cast iron companies um, for is right here in Tennessee, the Lodge. Lodge Factory. Yeah. yeah. It's near Chattanooga. Um, yeah. South Pittsburgh yeah. is where they're at. They've got a factory store, which we got we to go to. We've been to that, yes. Fantastic. It is a great stop. I mean, highly recommend. Even Not too far off the interstate. Yeah. What, did it take us a two-hour drive from Nashville? From Nashville, uh, probably, yeah. I mean, it's really close to Chattanooga, so I, w- I don't know that I would specifically leave Nashville just to go down there. But, but if I you're heading to Atlanta, or it's it worth a stop. Well worth it. And I just found out they've got two more locations, okay. both in the Pigeon Forge area, like one okay. in Pigeon Forge, one in Sevierville. So I don't know if it's as big as the one uh, in South Pittsburgh, but I bought a Dutch oven that night. The day that we were, down I think there I told you that is we, a much used. I didn't think I'd use it that much because it's, it's it's really heavy. Yeah, but it cooks so evenly. Yeah, like soups and it's by far. I my just favorite. actually leave mine on the stove most of the time because so I use it that it often, and, of and, and I don't have a ton of storage in my kitchen, so that actually is on my stove most of the time. Okay, that's good. 
Well, there's lots that can be said about um, cast iron, but I just wanted to go a little bit into some of the things you need to know. Uh, one thing, just very basic, is there's just cast iron and there's enameled cast iron. Okay. Enameled being like the more slick looking. Yeah, coated. Yeah. So Lodge makes both. Okay. But some companies, I, I think of enameled as the, you know, for instance, La Crusade. If anybody knows La Crusade, they've yeah. got those beautiful, bright so colors. Yeah. That's enameled. Okay. Cast iron. So still cast iron, but um, there's reasons why you would want to use one or the other. Okay. Um, certain things, if you're making soup or something, going to be great in either one. Sure. If you're trying to decide what to purchase, there's some things to think about. Enameled is going to be much easier to care for. Yes. You can put it in the Agreed. dishwasher. You can't oh, put it in cast iron. Okay. Well, some people might say not to. I think it's I haven't, done but, beautifully. Okay. If it's enameled. But you're not you cannot put <laughs> a plain cast iron skillet. You right. wouldn't want to, and I'll tell you more about why in a yeah. minute, but you don't want that soapy cleansing happening yeah. on cast iron. Um enameled is um, you know, like I said, easier for cleaning purposes, but um other than that the actual plain cast iron is better in a lot of other scenarios. Okay. One, one of the things, a lot of people are using these Kamado grills, like a big green oh, yeah. egg or yeah. something Super like that. Super popular. The plain cast iron is great in those. Okay. So, for instance, you can use those skillets with your veggies or your meat in it. Okay. You can make chili in a yeah. Dutch oven on that grill and That's get that crazy. smoky flavor in your meat, that yeah. kind of thing. So so they can be great to use both in the kitchen and on the grill. Okay. Just okay. get the plain cast iron. Yeah. Um, a lot of cast iron now is coming pre-seasoned. Okay. Um, so that is going to make the initial use a little easier. Um, Would it say that? It will say box? that. Yeah. Okay. And I think all lodges pre-seasoned. Okay. I think that is okay. correct. Um, like, can you usually look at a skillet and tell if it's pre-seasoned or would that well, you be can, visible to the eye? You can ask, but, uh, uh, it's going to have kind of a sheen is the word I would use okay. if it's seasoned. Yeah. And you know, a lot of people are, are hoping they're going to get grandma's coveted. Oh, like an heirloom. Heirloom. <laughs> because, you know, the more it's used, the more it's seasoned, the better the to food tastes. So she's done all the work for you. So she's done a lot of the work. Now you're going to have to continue to upkeep this, okay. this item. But don't, you know, don't be intimidated by it. It's it's okay. not a ton of work, but it's just being mindful. Sure. So, so one thing you need to know is... Um, Soap is not necessarily something you're going to use, which sounds so weird because people think weird. that's nasty, but um, just there's ways to get it clean. So what I often will do is after cooking something in my skillet, I'll fill it with water and still have the eye of the stove on and get the loose pieces okay. from the warmth get of the water and get up. it out. If something is burned on significantly you can use salt or especially like a kosher a coarse kosher salt or something to scrub and get it off okay what can you utensil wise use to cook with like do you have to use a wooden spoon no you can use you can um, use 
different. You, yeah, you can use metal. Okay. Um, now that enameled, I like to be a little more careful. You don't right. want to scrape that yeah. as much. But the gosh, these iron ones are hardy. Yeah. So you're not going to mess that up. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but but you're wanting a coating where it's um, so so you can. Well, let's go back to yeah. Walk you've me now through. scrubbed this clean. Yeah. Um, but you. The, this the is biggest like fresh enemy. out of the box, right? Like I've, I've pulled it out of the box. Oh, we've pulled it out of the box. Okay. I was talking after I've cooked. Yeah. Pulled it out of the box. If it's pre-seasoned, technically they would say just, you know, wipe it down okay. kind of a thing. I like to go ahead and I, I, this is just how I am. I soaped it just a little bit that initial time. Okay. I just want to make sure I don't know what's happened in that process yeah, of the box and That's all. true. Um, wipe it down thoroughly with a dish towel or paper towels. Okay. The main so now it's dry. thing is you don't want rust. Okay. So water equals rust. That's We're true. not ever leaving this skillet sitting in water. Yeah. Um, we are just wiping this down. Yeah. So we've now got it dry and you're going to put a little bit of either vegetable shortening or oil. Okay. In that skillet. Get a, just a nice thin coat. Yes. And then if it's not seasoned or if you want to get your seasoned better, sure. turn your oven up to about 375. Okay. Put some, well, I'm sorry. Put aluminum foil down. On the bottom of your on oven? On the bottom. Okay. And then 375, you're going to put that skillet or Dutch oven or whatever it is upside down. Okay. And bake it for an hour. Okay. Turn the oven off. Don't get it out. Just turn the oven off and let it cool down slowly. Okay. Then take it out and you're going to have a nice sealed in. Sealed in. All right. Kind of coat on there. That's going to help things not stick. So if you're at a Waffle House and there's a woman or a man back there cooking eggs constantly, I bet their skillet is so seasoned as they're just flying off. That's true. You know, but if you're only making things in yours once in a blue moon. Once or twice a year. Yeah. You're going to might need to re-season. So that is what would happen if you didn't season. It would stick really bad. Things would stick. Okay. Yeah. It's not going to necessarily burn worse it's just sticky well, well i guess it, it would, would burn, burn worse yeah. because it's sticking yeah so that's okay. that's the main thing you need to know cleaning okay. after cooking that's when i was saying leave that um turn that eye on put some water in there and loosen all the loose yeah. bits yeah or, um sometimes i'll use salt to get some of the loose bits out yeah and then you just want to coat it a little bit again okay. wipe it down you know dry it and put a little, little oil in there that okay help a nice coating. That's good. What do you um, What do you like to make in yours? Like, what oh do you? Gosh. I, mean, I you know. Did, that's my main. That's your main. That's my main dishware that yeah. I have. Um, so I use the Dutch oven a lot. Yeah. Probably the Dutch oven and a skillet and a skillet are the two I use the most. Believe it or not, I actually make quite a bit of Asian food. Sure. It's just something I've always liked. So I not too long ago got a cast iron wok. Oh, wow. That I can put right on the gas. You're so cultured. (laughs) (laughs) That I can put right on the gas stove. 
Um, and it is really, I am really enjoying that. Okay. So, and I was thinking because I do have, I don't have the big green egg. I had to get a little bit cheaper coffee, but, um, I can use these things in that. So that wok, even if it's not Asian, I can put some kind of soup or whatever I want to do in that. Yeah. Well, biscuits and cornbread would be. Cornbread is, yeah. Stereotypical, but yet obvious. Yeah. Your cornbread's going to get that nice little piece to do in a skillet. Yeah. Really good. I actually tried a peach cobbler that was grilled. Ooh, that sounds good. In a cast iron skillet. Um, Of course, that's more of a summer um, recipe, but it was delicious. And didn't you guys make a chocolate chip cookie of some sort in a skillet? I remember tasting that. Yeah, they've got those little ones. Lodge has like a personal serving size. Adorable for cobbler. Skillet, which is so cute. I mean, obviously so cute. a couple of those. Um, so many things you can do. I yeah. mean, I don't even know where to start with all that. But um, yeah, there's even whole cookbooks. I have, was given this cast iron classics cookbook awesome. from Lodge. From so Lodge, wow. There's lots of different things you can do with cast iron and lodge is probably i would say like one of the leading brands wouldn't you of cast iron absolutely yeah i mean i don't know how much worldwide they're selling but i've seen it all over the united states in different even outfitters types of stores yeah and And i've noticed lots of other brands now a lot of it's the enameled but okay um, I feel like I saw Rachel Ray may have had some oh, and possibly yeah. Pioneer Woman, but okay. yeah, I, I think La Crusade is another one of the big yeah. French, um, cooking companies that makes good cast iron, but yeah, it is quite heavy. So, so that heavy. was one thing we were, uh, laughing about was even just, you know, could you almost use it for your arm workouts or something like that? Hey, it would be a good weapon to have on <laughs> hand. Self-defense, fr- uh, fried green tomatoes. That's, that's exactly right. That's if you right. haven't seen the movie Fried Green Tomatoes, uh, highly recommend checking that out. But There's, don't let it intimidate you. I think a lot of people are just intimidated with yeah. the... You're not going to mess it. You know, you're not going to hurt yourself using well, it or I've anything. Well, I've committed several of the, the sins of cleansing incorrectly that you've mentioned already. So I feel like I need to go check mine. Well, and nothing is, is not able to be fixed. I mean, even if you get rust, either you can get the rust out. Yeah. If it's horribly rusted, I mean, you may be talking about taking it somewhere to get it blasted, but okay. Most of the time where this is, you you can get it clean again and just from here on out, do better with your storing it. In fact, Oh, one other thing I want to say, if it has a lid, I've heard it recommended to also put a paper towel in the in-between. And I noticed my Dutch oven just on the edge is getting a little bit of rust. Just on the top really? edge. So I've never done that. But I wonder um, if they sell something that's, you know, like a silicone kind of something to put I'd in between there. You can probably just use a paper, paper towel. towel. Good old paper towel. <laughs> that's right. Sounds good to me. Well, thanks for explaining that to us because yeah. that is an intimidating piece of cookware um but an important one for any yeah and you can pass this stuff down too how special to mm-hmm. have memories of somebody that passed one down i bought mine myself but i'll be excited to pass it down That's to true. yeah whoever's gonna get it after mm-hmm. because it's gonna far outlive me <laughs> this true. stuff is hardy that's true well have you begun to catch a little christmas itch so far i mean it's <gasps> It's fall. We we had a good Thanksgiving episode already, but um, man, it, 
it's starting to look a lot like Christmas. It feels. I, I don't know. What do you think? Pulling all this Christmas out. It's the day after Thanksgiving ritual for me. True. Pulling out the Christmas. I ha- usually always take that day off and fun to start pulling things out. I saw that um, the Biltmore had their mm. Christmas tree delivered, and I could actually say their first of two Christmas trees. Oh wow! Okay. I- went there at Christmas time and got a tour one time and they said they get their tree um, delivered, fully decorated. And we're talking a lot of lights, a lot of ornaments. Yeah. Um, and so much oh. time with those lights on that they, they have do it to again, don't do they? two. So they do, the they go through two trees per season. Amazing. And it's massive. And it's I cannot massive. imagine doing all that work only to know in, you know, three or four weeks, weeks you're going to be doing it again. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so the Biltmore in Asheville, the Biltmore estate, yes. I guess is probably the full name for it. Um, in Asheville, North Carolina, original home to one of the Vanderbilts. Yeah. Stunning. Cornelius, the bachelor. Of course he later, <laughs> later married, but, um, yes. The fact that, uh, he was a bachelor when he built that absolutely cracks me up. Just thinking about the drama I've seen on the show, the bachelor, um, <laughs> Can't even imagine uh, the women that may have been out fluttering around on the property in hopes of winning his yes. heart. Yeah, because he when was he was building probably that. a highly coveted man. Absolutely, in those times. Yeah, it's a stunning home to tour. There's um, daytime and nighttime tours. They do like a candlelight tour. They do at Christmas, and that's. I mean, <laughs> you can't go wrong. Any of the tours are wonderful. This to- place is truly. I mean, thank you. Like you're. European castle almost. Yes. I mean, you can take international visitors who've seen a lot of places and they will be wowed yes. by the Biltmore. I agree. Yeah. And then there's, um, you know, kind of offshoot tours as well. They've got a winery. So you can, yeah. you can go do wine tastings. Of course, tons of gift shops and different. Um, I think they've even got like a garden. I don't know. Yeah. What that... The springtime would be the time to do the yeah. garden tour. Yeah. But yeah. The, so Christmas at the Biltmore. Really special. And Asheville in general has Very wonderful cool. things to do this time of year. Um, Grove Park Inn. Yeah. Omni, one of the Omni hotels. They've, I mean, that's a stunning place in and of itself. Very old, rich in history. Many presidents and, you know, leaders have stayed there. Yeah, which they, they have historically documented well yeah. on the property. You can very, walk very the beautiful. halls and read about people that have stayed there and honeymooned there. Yeah. And, I've uh, never actually stayed there. I just... Yeah, it's a pretty penny. <laughs> it's a pricey one. But I think I, I had did. a cup of tea there. Yes. <laughs> they have a gorgeous, huge fireplace with some ch- rocking chairs and such. Mm-hmm. You can at least go in and get a little snack and enjoy that fireplace and mm-hmm. um, yeah they're decorated for christmas and it's just so cozy beautiful place yeah it's you know it, right in the midst of the blue ridge mountains so i mean scenically i mean we're talking about grandioso properties but oh, yeah. part of the just grandeur of the whole place is the smoky mountains right. the, it's built because of the beauty yeah, of yeah, the place the, and where they're situated um in fact Parking even at the Grove Park Inn uh, is mostly valet yeah. because it is you know right on the side um, yeah. of this mountain. It's got spot. a beautiful spa. Actually, I went to the Grove Park Inn and um, I, I didn't want to 
take out a second mortgage in order to have spa day, which you might need to do if you go there. But I really wanted to see it. I'm a massage therapist and I just wanted to see what all they offered, what all they do. Um, was it, it is, it's a beautiful spot. It has a gorgeous pool and, um, water kind of waterfall kind of area. It's, it's stunning truly. Well, and they've got even this time of year, I mean, we're talking about the Christmas time being a great time to go there at the Grove Park Inn. The gingerbread national gingerbread house competition, um, is held this week. In fact, the displays, uh, begin, I think Sunday, the 25th of November and go all the way through the beginning of January. So you can see these exquisite, um, not like nothing you've ever seen in a gingerbread. Nothing. I mean, I I don't even want to start to describe it (laughs) because I'll miss some of the facets of it. And of course this year, you know, they're, they're new every year. So I don't even know what I'll, I'll be on display this year. I think sometimes the today show may even cover that. Like it's, it's pretty spectacular. So if you're in the Asheville area or want to make that a destination, yeah. Biltmore and Grove Park Inn. And then I would even say if you need a little uh, brunch spot off the beaten path, there's a great place called uh, Sunny Point Cafe that I enjoyed some French toast with um, all sorts of blueberries and um, mm. just seasonal fruit on. That was wonderful. There's spot. a lot of good foodie spots in yeah, Asheville. Yeah. And downtown Asheville is popular. It's, it's kind of a bohemian hippie kind of yeah. area. The, the city Portland esque. <laughs> yes. You could say, um, a lot more urban than the, the spots that we're talking about, but yeah, Asheville's wonderful. Highly recommend if you're in that area or looking for a Southeastern road trip, that will that get you in the spot. Christmas spirit yeah. for sure. Yeah. Well, that's going to do it for this uh, episode of Steel Magnolias Podcast. Thank you for joining us for our second episode. We um, just are enjoying getting a chance to talk about all things Southern, and we hope you'll join us here next week. If you haven't gotten a chance to already, please go ahead and subscribe to our podcast so that you'll be notified each time that a new episode is uploaded. And you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook. How fun. All right, guys. We'll catch you here next week. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you.